Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Pastor, about two weeks ago, began talking about um, going into the promised land and started talking about Joshua, you know, just telling us to get out the way. It's time to move forward. Time to go into that promised land. And, you know, he just kind of instructed us in that. And then Pastor Alverna came and started talking about how we are not forgotten by God. That in the midst of all that we go through and all that we do, um, that we are not forgotten by God. But um, the question I want to the thing I want to talk to you about today is what happens when the Canaanites are still there? What happens when the Canaanites are still there? So I just want to read it. We're going to turn to Joshua. I mean, I'm not Joshua, I'm sorry, because we've talked about Joshua in the beginning. But it's Judges chapter 2. <laughs> And we're going to start at verse 8. And we'll go from there into Judges chapter 3. The beginning of Judges chapter 3. So, Chapter 3, verse 5. So we're going from Judges chapter 2, verse 8, to Judges chapter 3, verse 5. And it reads as this. I'll be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Um, It was pretty similar to the NIV. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. Praise God, he lived a long time. They buried him in the territory of his inheritance, in timnath Herez, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. That whole generation was also gathered to their ancestors. After them, another generation rose up who did not know the Lord or the works he had done for Israel. The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. They worshipped the Baals and abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods from the surrounding peoples and bowed down to them. They infuriated the Lord. For they abandoned him and worshipped Baal and the Ashtaroth. The Lord, Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he handed it over to marauders who raided them. He sold them to the enemies around them, and they could no longer resist their enemies. Whenever the Israelites went out, the Lord was against them and brought disaster on them, just as he had promised and sworn to them. So they suffered greatly. The Lord raised up judges who saved them from the power of their marauders, but they did not listen to their judges. Instead, they prostituted themselves with other gods, bowing down to them. They quickly turned from the way of their fathers who had walked in obedience to the Lord's command. They did not do as their fathers did. Whenever the Lord raised up a judge for the Israelites, the Lord was with him and saved the people from the power of the enemies while the judge was still alive. The Lord was moved to pity whenever they groaned because of those who were oppressing and afflicting them. Whenever the judge died, The Israelites would act even more corruptly than their fathers. 
going after other gods to worship and bow down to them. They did not turn from their evil practices or their obstinate ways. The Lord's anger burned against Israel, and he declared, because this nation has violated my covenant that I made with their fathers and disobeyed me, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. I did this to test Israel and to see whether they would keep the Lord's way by walking in it as their fathers had. These are the nations that the Lord left in order to test Israel, since the Israelites had fought none of these in any of the wars with Canaan. This was to teach the future generation of the Israelites how to fight in battle, especially those who had not fought before. These nations included the five rulers of the Philistines and all of the Canaanites, the Sidonians, and the Hivites who lived in the Lebanese mountains. From Mount Baal Hermon, as far as the entrance to Hamath, the Lord left them to test Israel to determine if they would keep the Lord's commandments he had given their fathers through Moses. But they settled among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. So may the Lord add a reading blessing to the reading of his word. So here we have, we have um, Israel once again, like, like Pastor started talking about this, um, God, God had brought Israel out of Egypt and brought them into Canaan. Um, we know the story of Moses, it's very popular, Moses bringing them out of Egypt and into, into the promised land and, you know, and they started going through the process, going into the promised land and a, a, a process that was supposed to only take but so long ended up taking 40 years <laughs> because, the, you know, there were people there who just did not trust and did not follow God. And so God dealt with them for 40 years and raised up another generation. And then this generation was the generation that was ready to follow him. And not that they were perfect. And if you look at the book of Joshua, you see areas where they didn't mess up, where they, where they didn't quite do it right. But their hearts were nevertheless for him. And then, and they were ready to take over the promised land. And they had, take, they had taken over Canaan. And, and God has used them to destroy so many different nations. But there were still some nations that were, that were left. And now we're at the point where Joshua dies. Not only does Joshua die, but people in his generation die. And unfortunately what ends up happening is the, while the, those generations die, but the one thing that they did fail to do, which had a disastrous result, is they failed to teach the next generation how to fear God, to show the next generation, uh, to hear all the testimonies and all that God has done. So now there's this comes on a, a new generation of those that were not like the generation of Joshua. And that's why I thank God we have the children's church and the that we're, we're instituting that no matter what, we're going to have this children's church because we realize that we need to continue to remember to raise a generation. A generation of those that will feel God. That's why I thank God that we're at the campus at this time because we get these young college students so that we can teach them fear the Lord while you're young. Fear them. So that we can raise up a generation, a new generation of people who will fear God, will do his commandments, will go and take over the enemies, will go and conquer them. It's important to teach the next generation. Can I get an amen on that one? But unfortunately, they didn't. And so now you had a generation that didn't, that wasn't following God. And as a result, they started connecting with, with, with the other nations. Now God had told Moses, God had told Joshua, 
And all the people there, from time to time, do not marry, do not connect, do not... When it came to certain lands, they, he would tell them, listen, obliterate them all. Just don't leave nothing hanging. Don't even let the cows, the herds, nothing. Man, woman, beast, nothing hanging. And he, and he did that because he knew their hearts. He knew that if they left something there, they would go and this go after it. And you have exactly that. The nations around them, and they start following after other gods. They start doing their own thing, in a sense. And so, and what I love, and then he starts hearing God, and God gets grieved. And not God gets more than grieved, he gets angry. And, I, and, in, and this is important to know, because I, I was talking with a, another pastor, and he, he said something, he, says, he said something to me very interesting. He said, you know, a lot of people say that God is a God of love and mercy and grace, which he is. He says, I do not deny that, not one bit. But God says he is slow to anger. You know what that means to me? That means he can still get angry. <laughs> He's slow to anger. He don't get angry that easy. But you can still get him pissed off. And that's what happened here. Because why? Because God told them. God didn't tell them once. God didn't tell He had Moses before he left. They went, he went through the whole commandments, all the law, and he established it. And he gave them the, that same exact, listen, don't marry, don't, enter, don't do this. Don't know that this is the word of the Lord. These are the commandments. Are you going to follow it? Yes, we're going to follow it. Joshua, before he died, he said, listen, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Are you going to serve the Lord? Or are you going to serve, are you going to serve man? Or are you going to serve the, the God of the Canaanites? Decide now because if you're going to serve the Lord, this is what you have to do. You have to follow him. You can't, you can't sit there and say, oh, okay, I'm going to follow you one day, and then, but I like this better. And unfortunately, that's a lot of where we are at times. God, I follow you this day, but I see something better. Or I think it's better. Sometimes we allow the Canaanites to enter into our land and to enter into our territory and to enter in our, we let the things of this world, the cares of life, the, the issues of life and so many things to just come in and take our hearts. And so we can even, we ourselves, like the Israel and Canaan, like the Israel with Canaan can get easily taken away and forget the Lord, forget his promises. You know, there's an interesting story that someone, someone once showed me about one of the kings of Israel. And, and one of the kings of Israel, he, he, he grew up um, know, knowing God, but, he, he, but at the same time, he would worship other gods. And I wish I could remember his name, but I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> but one of the things he, one of the things about it was he would follow God, and the prophets would come and speak to him at certain points, and he would listen. But because he was also serving the other gods, it came to a point in his life where he stopped listening to God. To a point when a prophet came to him and warned him, God is going to go against you. Like even as he told, as he told, um, as as we had here about about the Israelites after Joshua. God was going to go against him, and he didn't listen. And as a result, he died. Because he allowed the world to influence. He allowed the other gods to influence. He allowed things in this world to just take him control. And this is Israel in their state. God, Joshua dies, and so they're doing the other things, and so they get into a place where God just says, okay, I'm just going to let... All those nations come, 
and overtake you and overtake you and so they get so they get overtaken they get into slavery they and they suffer persecution as a result and and so then they get to a place where they get tired of it so they cry out to God they cry out to God it's like God saves us and what does God do God raises up judges and that's what this whole book is is about God raises up judges to save them and the judges lead them you get these leaders who bring them back in, into understanding who God is and to trust in God again. And so they get delivered and they get set free. But then the judges die. And as a result, the judges die. That person's not there to, to remind them and they just go right back. And even as it said even early on, it said even worse than their fathers, they were doing things. They abandoned him. Worship Beal, Ashwath, and the Lord's anger just once again returned. And they would go back to the place again where the enemy would come in, come in, and and they would be under persecution again, and God would have to and they would just cry out to God, and God would have mercy. Mercy on them and raise up another judge. And it would just be this this cycle. And and this is and this is what I love about God. Um, one of the things I, I realized as I was reading this, I said, you, you know, one of the things I realized is, like I said, things out of the world can easily affect us and influence us. I remember, I think this was before I got married. One of the things I used to do, I think I've said this before, but I always remember this. One of the things I used to do is I used to love watching Family Guy. Yeah, I mean, guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. I know you talk about that show. Some of y'all smiling. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, it, it's just basically it's this cartoon, but it's an adult cartoon, and and it's an adult cartoon, and it's just it's it's not, it's, just, it's it's like a, it's just an adult cartoon where they have adult humor, and so it's you know it's not a it's not a pornographic cartoon like that. But it, but it, but what they do is they project certain things, and they do talk about sex, and they do talk about pornography, they do talk about gambling, they do talk about all these things, but they do it in such a humorous way. And I'm a person who loves to laugh, so that's me. I love the humor, I love to laugh, I love to joke. So I would love watching that show because to me it was just hilarious. And like Peter was just hilarious. Peter was the main character. He was a father. He was just a silly, crazy, doofy father. Like you would just want to slap him because like, what are you doing, dude? You know, it was just hilarious, and I was just having fun with it. But then, um, but as I was watching it, I was being exposed to things that were not godly. They would have in those, you know, like like the woman dressed in certain ways, showing showing cleavage and doing certain things. They would have the man. One one character was just a guy that would just sleep with anybody and anything, literally. <laughs> you know, but it's it's hilarious. You think it's a joke. You think it's funny. So what's what's wrong with it? It's a joke. But at the same time, I was struggling with issues, issues of sin, even issues of sexual sin, in my life. And I realized that I, the reason why I was partially struggling was because I was letting those things just come in, and open myself up. Even though it was, looked to me like it was just harmless, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was just something that was continually leading me astray. So I had to get to a place where I said, I, I, I love this show. I love Family Guy. It's a cool. I like it. But I, I can't love it anymore. I can't love it anymore. 
And it got to a place where I had to decide who was whom was I going to serve. Was it family guy or was it the Lord? I said, that's an easy answer for me. <laughs> you know, that was an easy answer. <laughs> that was an easy answer. And that's me. So, you know, and that's what the God began to do in me. So there, but there are times in our lives where God is, where, where as we just kind of draw the card, we begin to realize there's some Canaanites in our land. We still got some idols on the side here that we're honing out to. This is what happened with one of the people, Anak, one of the people in, in the time of Joshua. He held on to one of the idols after they conquered the land and held on to some of their gold. And they began to get defeated. And they realized it was him. And he realized it was him. So they had to sell it and they had to get rid of him. And that's how they settled it. And for some of us, we need to, God is calling, we need to get rid of some things in our lives. We need to cut some things off. We need to decide who is the Lord of our life. Because that's what, what was the call of God. God told them, again, told Moses, make sure that they worship the Lord. Joshua challenged them, choose you this day. And here you are again in Judges having to choose the Lord. But we, and we, and we don't want to be like the Israelites because we can easily, and I, I, I tell you, I've been there. And we all kind of get there in some place where we're just kind of back and forth. Back and forth, Lord, I love you. Lord, maybe I love you. Lord, I kind of love you. Lord, I sort of, no, wait, let me go back to kind of, and maybe, no, no, I really love you. Now, let me go, and <laughs> we're going, and we're going. Help, Lord. But because one of the things we, God is doing is, you know, I, I can, let me put it for you this way. Like I said, I've been married, I always like talking about my marriage. I've been married two years. Now, I can, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And we have, we have our times, and every marriage has their times where they're difficult. Can I marry people say amen, where it's difficult, right? All right, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. I'm not the only one. See, we're not the only one, right? <laughs> but I, I know what would make it more difficult for me is if I said, baby, I love you, and, I said, and then next day I'm over here, like, and, and I, I love this. And the next day I come back and say, baby, I love you. I really, no, I really, really, I love you. I love you. And then I'm over here. The next day, I tell you this much. My wife loves me. After a certain point, she won't let me know. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> let me remind you who's your wife. <laughs> Calm that down. Calm that down. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the Lord. You wouldn't expect to be, be one, day, one day with your wife or with your husband and the next day with another woman and then the next day back. I mean, we see it in TV and the, the Maury show, and, and we know it's just we, we look at it and we say, that's a mess. That's just a hot mess. We see it all the time. That's just a hot mess. What is wrong with that? That's just wrong. I wouldn't do that. But we do that with the Lord on a regular basis. We do that with the Lord on a regular basis. And God was calling is Israel to worship him. Worship him. Stick with him. Now, I love what I love what it says at the end. It said that God would always still have pity on him. And he has pity on us. Can I get an amen? That's why I was able to say how he loves us. How he loves us so. He is jealous of me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the wind of his ways and mercy. 
man, we are just there, and he just loves, and he pours out his love, and he doesn't give up on us. And he did not give up on Israel. He could have, he should have. There were plenty of times that he really wanted to. Trust me, if it wasn't for Moses at times or Joshua or just certain people at times, he would have. He would have said it was done, it was over, I'm through it. There were times, come on, he was, he thought that in Moses. God told Moses, move out of the way, I'm about to get rid of them and start a new nation with you. So hold on, I'm about to deal with this right now and kill them all. But he didn't. God's mercy. God's grace. Sometimes we got to ask ourselves, man, does God, if, if you're alive today, you better thank God. Uh, and I got, come on, I got one person who got the point. You better thank God for his mercy. You better thank God for his grace. Because I know for me, I don't have no business being here but for his grace. But for his mercy. But for the Holy Spirit who works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And so I'm, I'm just simply amazed that he loves us so. But then we get into chapter, Joshua chapter 3. And this is where I just want to focus for just a few more minutes. And he says here, these are the nations the Lord left in order to test Israel. He said, and this is what he says. He says, the Israels have fought none of these in any of the wars with Canaan. This was to teach the future generations of the Israelites how to fight in battle, especially those who had not fought before, and that he lists the nations. And then he says in verse 4, the Lord left them to test Israel to determine they would keep the Lord's commandments he had given them their fathers through Moses. Now, again, let me just paint the picture here. Joshua is dead, and now you have this kind of yo-yo effect going on, and the question comes in, well, why is this why is this going on? Why didn't God just allow them to kill off all the, is, all the Canaanites? Just get rid of them. It would have made it easier for them, right? It just, just get rid of them all. They would have had nothing to worry about. But this is what he says. He says, I did this to test them. To show, so he's first he said, I did this to test them to see if they would truly follow the Lord. And then he says the second thing. I did this so that they could learn how to war and battle. Now, many times, you know, as we talk about going into our promised land, and even as we talk about this church and what God desires to do in this church and what God desires to do in our heart and what we believe God calls us to do, as we just kind of go through the promise and we, we can sit there and we can remember what God has said, but then sometimes when we look around, we still see Canaan. We still see that the enemy is still there. We still see that there's troubles, and we still see that there's problems. We still see that there's circumstances. It's just, I don't even know how I'm going to make it. I said, God, you have promised me this, but this is still here. What's up with that? What I put before you, as the Lord put before Israel, I, I two things. Number one, he's testing your heart to see if whether you will really trust the Lord. Are you going to really follow him in spite of the enemy? Are you going to really follow him though troubles may come? Are you going to really choose to serve the Lord or are you just going to get tired and give up? Are you going to stand there through the tests and through the trials and through the fires and through the heartache and, and, be, and, be, able, and be able to say, no matter what, I know what the promise is, I know what God has said, 
and I'm holding on to that. Or are we just going to allow Canaan in and just serve Canaan? I'm, I got tired. I'm getting tired of waiting. I'm getting tired of trying. I'm just going to do this instead. I'm just going to do that instead. That was interesting, and I, I shared about, I started seeing this, and I shared about this in, my, in, my, in one of the blogs that I wrote. Um, um, Caleb was a fascinating man. He was one of the people who, when, when Israel had came back from spying off the land of Canaan, um, Caleb was one of the people who said, no, we can take this land. This is what God said. So I'm going to hold on to his promises. And so God had, because of, he said yes, God had promised him that he would, that he would inherit land. And this is when God, this is, Joshua was probably in his 40s when this happened. Here it is 40 years later. 40 years later, now they enter into the land and they promise. So now, think about this now. Joshua was promised the land at 40, but it wasn't until after he was 80 that he got his got the promise fulfilled. So he had to go through 40 years of just working it out with Israel, following Israel into the wilderness, watching them as they would get judged at times because of their sins, going through all these different battles, finding the king of Og and the king of Sinai, going through these different different situations of seeing disease and, and famine and having to fight and dealing with the whole issue of, of Balaam and the prophet trying to curse him. He had to go through all of this stuff they didn't receive the promise yet. Had to work it, go through 40 years of working it out. And then finally, after they take Canaan, then he was able to get his promise. Then at the age of 85, he was able to say, I'm here. This is my land. God has kept me. Let's go take it. And one thing that the scriptures that surprises me about it is that the scriptures said, because he served the Lord, wholeheartedly throughout the time. That's how come he was able to give, be given the land because he served the Lord wholeheartedly. Not just because he said yes to the Lord that one moment, but because throughout the 40 years, throughout the 45 years, even as he was going through conquering the land, he served the Lord. God is testing our hearts. Are we going to serve him? Are you going to hold on even when you don't see it? And then the other thing he did it was, was he said, because I need to teach my people the war. Again, Joshua and the ancestors had died. They had not seen what, what the other pe- what people of Joshua's time had seen. They had not seen how God, how God was able to deliver them out of battle and deliver them out of Egypt and deliver them from the different kings and be able to fight the different kings and be able to take Canaan and be able to take Jerusalem and be able to take Jericho and all these different lands. They didn't see that. This was a new generation. So God had to teach them to fight, but to fight with him. And so as, we, as, we are, as God is calling us to take the land, God is teaching us to war. God is teaching us not only just to believe on him, but to stand and fight with him. There are many, there are many enemies, and there are still enemies, and there are still things that are going on in lives. I remember, like I said, I struggled with sexual sin for a while. I struggled with pornography for a while in my life. And it was a battle. And it was a hard battle. And I could and I and there were times where I just felt so defeated and felt like I wanted to 
die and just give up. Just, just take me now, Lord. Can you just take me now, please? Because this is too much for me. I, that, that was me. This was too much for me at times. But I just had to hold on. And, and when I got to the place that I realized God had set me free, and when I got to the place where I realized, God, you, I don't have to go to do this anymore. I was free indeed. I was free indeed. But, I, but as I was going through it, I said, you know, like I said, I wanted to die. But at the same time, I said, but you know what? I can't give up on you because you don't give up on me. So why am I going to give up on you? If I have to fight, I have to fight. If I have to cut down Family Guy, I'm going to have to cut down Family Guy. I have to stop watching certain shows. I'm going to have to stop watching certain shows. If I just can't be the internet at a certain hour, I just can't anymore. I can't be alone for... I can't be alone on trips for so much time. I just can't anymore. And as I just held on and I just did this and I just prayed and I just fasted and I just saw and I said, God, I'm just, I'm just going to trust you. I know I'm hurting, I'm in pain, but I'm going to trust you. Eventually, the time came where I was free indeed. I was free indeed. And this was before the wife. So, because <laughs> I said, Lord, I don't want to take this into my marriage. I said, I told God, I said, I'm not taking this. I refuse. I refuse. When, once she started getting in the picture, I said, I refuse. I said, I'm not, I'm not bringing it because now it's not even just me. Now it's her. And I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bringing King into her life. So I got to do something. Something got to be done. Something got to be done. And the Lord broke through. The Lord broke through. So I just want to take the moment to just simply encourage us. As we go through and we talk about Canaan, and we talk about what God, and we talk about that God has promised. I believe that God has promised this church so much. I believe that God has promised us, we have this region as our inheritance. Can I get an amen? We have this region, and we got to believe that God has given us this region as our inheritance. There are people here who need us. There are people here who need you. There are people here who need what God has given us. And God has given us this region. But in order for us to take this region, we have to first deal with the Canaanites in our lives. We have to first sanctify ourselves. We have to first deal with the issues in us and be able to say that we are really going to, no, we're really going to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. No, it's not going to be us. I'm not going to decide, well, I don't feel like it today, so I'm just not going to do it. No, serve the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That is the call of God. Love him wholeheartedly. Then you're able to take the promised land. And then he says, let me teach you to war. Let me teach you to stand. Let me teach you to fight. Let me teach you to wrestle. Because sometimes we just got to wrestle. Let me teach you to wrestle. Let me teach you in the midst of the struggle how to be able to stand and be sure and stand on the word. Stand on my promises and watch me do it. Watch me do it. I'm going to teach you to war. So this is my encouragement to us today. As we just... As we continue to pray, as we continue to promise, allow God to do his work in you. And allow God to teach you to fight. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. We have the armor of God, the full armor of God, so that we can stand against the wiles of the enemy. And let me just make this clear. Whether you want to be in the battle or not, you're in it. You can try to be neutral, 
but there are plenty of neutral casualties. <sighs> because when the bomb comes, it's going to hit you whether you're there or not, whether you move or not, whether you got your shield on or not. We were watching Avengers, and I mean, you just saw the stuff. I mean, when the, when the, enem- when the enemies came, I mean, the people that were just there, just like, oh, snap, what was this? What was it? They had no clue. And there was no mercy. They didn't know there was war going on. We can't act like there ain't war going on. Because the devil can't stay, still comes to steal, kill, and destroy regardless. Regardless. And that's why, that's why I, t- I, I told somebody one time, I said, I'm, I'm sorry. Regardless of whether you're saint or sinner, you're going to go through. So my question to you is that you can either go through with God or you can not go through. But no matter what, you're going to go through. There's going to be trouble. There's going to be pain. There's going to be heartache. There's going to be death. There's going to be sickness. That's not going to stop just because you decide you don't, whether or not you want to go to church or whether or not you want to serve the Lord. It's not going to stop. Trouble's not going to stop. The, the, the real question is, are you going to have God with you or not? <laughs> are you going to fight or not? Are you going to stand or not? Are you going to put on the home of God so that you could stand and have it done all to stand, therefore stand? That is the question. Because stand or fall you're still going to get attacked. So, again, if you, if you're like, if you want to take the promise of whatever it is God has spoken to you in your life, whether it be personally or even in this church, because as a church we're called together as a body of Christ to take our stand, to take our stand, to take effect this region. If you want to believe God with me, if God is calling you, there's some things you need to sanctify yourself from. If God is calling you higher, there's some things that needs to just need to either cut off or do, or maybe it's just God is calling you closer. For some of us, God is just calling, I just want to draw you closer. I need you to spend some more time in the Word. I need you to spend some more time in prayer. I want to do some more inner work in you. I want to do this. I want to speak to you. I want you to, I want you to hear my voice. I, 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 I want to give you strategy. I want to give you the wisdom. I want to, give you the, I want to show my love to you. But you got to be in a place of where you're sanctified and given over to him so that he can do that work. Israel wasn't. They would go, as long as the judge was there, it was all good. But when the judge was gone, they went back to their old ways. Why? Because they were depending on the judge. They weren't seeking God themselves. Let's, if, if maybe God is calling you to do that. If you're that, or, 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 or God is calling you to trying to teach you the war, the battle is on. The battle is rough. But God is trying to teach you the war, to stand in the midst of the battle, to be able to trust him, to stand with the full arm of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, that sword of the spirit, that shield of faith, that belt of truth, the gospel of peace. If he's calling you to stand and fight and war, then stand with me. Even now, if, this is, if that's you in any of the, those areas, stand with me as we believe God for the promise. Even now. And let's and again, I gotta warn you. I have to warn you, don't be like Israel. Because Israel got a challenge. God, Joshua told him before he passed away, choose you this day whom you will serve. Well, it's gonna be the God of the Amorites, the God, the God of the Canaanites, the God of the Parasites, then go ahead, serve them. Please. And, and, and you look at it, it almost looks like, please go ahead, do that. Because if you're gonna serve the God, you, 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 this is what you really have to do. You have to really serve him. 
You have to really serve him. And this is what my channel, if, you're, if you want to take what God has called you to take, if you want to step into what God has called you to step to, then I exalt you. Serve him. I exalt you. Stand. Fight. And serve the Lord with all your heart. Because like I, like I told the kids that I work with, I said, at the end of the day, he's what matters anyway. You're not going to have nobody even I, I love my wife. Even at the end of that, I'm not going to have my wife. I don't have to stand before. It's not me and my wife that's going to stand before. I have to stand before God and give an account. And she has to stand for herself. That's the reality. So forget. So at this moment, if you really want to take this, let's give ourselves over to him. And let's just sanctify ourselves. And let's just stand even now. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you because you are real. You are true. You are just. And Lord, we just believe you. We thank you that your God, you show judges and these judges, these Israelites that were constantly, you were raising up judges to um, deliver them, but they would go back into their sin. And you did that for us. You showed that to us so that we could learn. And we could just say, Lord, we don't have to be like them. We don't have to allow Canaan in. We don't have to allow the Perthites in, the Hivites in. We don't have to allow those things into our lives. So, Father, sanctify us even now. Search our hearts. Because you are the one who knows our hearts. Lord God, you are the one, Lord God, Jesus, who can show us our true hearts. Lord God, you know the hearts of man because our hearts are deeply wicked. But you know the true intents of our hearts. So show us. Let your word pierce even now, Lord God. Show us, Lord God, where the Canaanites are, where the Perizzites are, where the Hivites are. Lord God, where those things are that are not of you. And Father, I pray even now, Lord God, that you are sanctified. Holy Spirit, come, dwell, sanctify, cleanse, purge, prune us so that we can become more fruitful. God. Do your work in us even now, Lord God. Father, Lord God, Jesus, those who are calling to close up, Lord God, draw them. Continue to call us, Lord God. For many are called, but few are chosen, Lord God. We continue to call us, Lord God, so we may choose you, Lord God, and follow you, Lord God, and seek after you, Lord God, and worship you in spirit and truth, Lord God, to him who is able to cause us both to will to do of his good pleasure, Lord God, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask for. Thank God you're able, Lord God, Draw us, draw us closer to you. Speak to us, Lord God, that we may hear your voice and follow it, Lord God, that we may be the sheep that hear you, Lord God, and follow your voice, Lord God. Lord, for those of us who are fighting, who are struggling, Lord God, who are resisting the enemy who desires to come in, Lord God, and overtake us, but Lord God, your word says, though the enemy comes in like a flood, you will lift up a standard against him, Lord God. So, Father, you've called us to put on the full armor of God so that we may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. So even now we put on the helmet of salvation, uh, the breastplate of righteousness, uh, the belt of truth, the gospel of peace, uh, Lord God, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, Lord God, Jesus. All this, Lord God, that you've given us, it's all in you, Lord God. It's your truth. It's your word. It's believing in you, Lord God. It's trusting in your gospel, Lord God, Jesus. It's, it's Lord God, your righteousness, Lord God. God, that we hold on to. It's your salvation that keeps our mind 
fall out, Lord God. It's all in you. So as we go through, help us to stand in you, Lord God. Stand in your word. Stand in your, Lord God, your truth, Lord God. I believe that you are more than able to do above and beyond what we could ask or think, Lord God. And we thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. In Jesus' name.